Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Okay, interesting show today. What's going on? Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday morning, one week away from Draftathon. Woo! Yes! 4 to 10 p.m. Yes, Eastern Time. Some of your favorites will be there. Joe Pisapia, Jake Seeley, Joey Wright, Tara Roberts, many, many, many more. Ben Gretsch is going to open the show with us. Dave, Jamie, Heath, Chris. Uh, we're going to play some games. We're going to talk fantasy. We're going to do a draft. Pete Prisco, Will Brinson, Nick Costos, they're coming on. Nathan Zagura, Jason Horowitz, they're coming on. It's going to be a freaking awesome show. We'll see you next week. We'll tell you about it more. But we've got a topic today. That only one of the three of us actually believes is a topic. So uh, we're gonna <laughs> it, incorrect, incorrect. Is <laughs> okay, correct. all right. So here's the we're trying to figure out the difference between the avoid list and the busts lists that we did last week a week ago, um, and there may not be much of a difference. That's okay. But yeah, all right, Heath. What I'm saying. Okay, we've like, seen both the lists, and we can confirm there is not a difference. You, the <laughs> argument is that you are saying there should be a difference. Like Dave yeah. made an avoid list looks remarkably similar to his bust list. Thank I you. tried to use a different set of ADP because I knew that same thing would happen to me, and it still looks remarkably similar to my bust list. And so you are going to explain to Dave and I what the difference is between a player you are avoiding at his draft cost. And a player on your bust list. <laughs> right. So a player that I'm avoiding to me, it's not, I don't necessarily think they're going to be bad or not, you know, perform at that value, but I just don't want them on my team. I don't get excited about them. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Before the injury, which hopefully is not severe and he could be back for week one against Arizona, which would be awesome, Terry McLaurin. I understood exactly where he was ranked. I thought it made sense there. I never drafted him. Um, I just didn't. I wasn't going to call him a bust because he's always like a a top 24-ish wide receiver, and that's where he was being drafted, and I figured that's probably where he would finish. I didn't see the upside, so he was on my avoid list. I'd rather skip him. You know, this was the thought process, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. I'll skip him. I'll take Dotson next round. Obviously, they're, they're going, you know, pretty similarly now. Dotson might go ahead of him, whatever. So that's a guy. Give you another example. Uh, as we've done more and more drafts, I just, when I look at, you know, Waller's got some helium now, so he's going kind of early. Pitts goes maybe not long after that. Hawkinson, too. Kittle and Goddard are two guys. Well, Kittle's got a crazy ADP. Like, we all have him. Like he, He's going, like, round four, early round five. We don't like that. But if you were in it, if I were in a draft with you guys, Kittle would still be there in round six, round seven. 
I just, at that point, there are so many wide receivers and running backs that I want to take. I don't take tight ends in that range. And so I skip Kittle and Goddard. They're mostly on my avoid list because I want other positions at that time. And then I skip Evan Ingram because I just don't, like, I know understand where he's ranked. He should be ranked ahead of Kincaid and Laporta. But he's got, to me, hardly any upside. I skip him. So it's like a strategy thing and a tiers thing. Where I get why those guys are there. I don't think they're going to be busts at that draft value. But I don't want them on my team. They don't make sense for my roster. Does that make any? Does that make sense to you guys? Sounds like you're picking busts. No, it's not that at all. I think there's a there's a clear difference. It's more of a vibes thing. No, it's not that. It's that it's an up. I think it's an upside thing in many of these cases. It's not like I don't think he's going. He's being drafted as tight end seven, and I think he's going to be tight. But end it 12. is a. It's a. It's a. It's your vibe about their upside. Like there are like you don't think Dallas Goddard has upside. Well, but he I was on if, almost a thousand yard pace last year and plays on one of the best offenses in football. It's not difficult to make a Dallas Goddard upside case. I think he's got um, tremendous upside if there's an injury to one of the two guys. I don't think he has a huge upside if there isn't. I'm not it's more Kittle, I guess, than Goddard anyway. Um but I, mean, I don't no, know Kittle has an insane upside. The difference the difference between a bust and a, and a void is is probably like yeah if if I'm calling someone a bust I don't think they're going to meet their ADP if I'm calling in a, someone in a void eh, they might meet their ADP but I just don't want them on my team and a lot of people draft like me where there is a little bit more emotion to it right and like let me get Schaefer in here because right. Schaefer I think has my right. back like there's just guys. For some guys, I mean, I don't play this game, but for some fantasy managers, it's I had him last year and he burned me. There's no way I'm drafting him. I don't play that game. But Schaefer, you get the you get what I'm talking about here with the avoid list, right? I really don't think I have to say much because I thought you said it perfectly. How I feel, like for example, like I would avoid. I don't. I haven't been drafting Joe Mixon at all, but I don't think he's a bust. But I've had opportunities to draft him. I just don't really want him on my team. There you go. So I'm like avoiding him, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be a bust because volume alone, he should be great. But I don't really want him because of like the whole upside thing, how you explained. So how is this not a vibes thing? Fine. Call it a vibes thing. That's fine. No, I think think you're right. How is it not a bust thing? You're picking players that are staring you in the face and you're going, nah. No, because I'm avoiding that, him. Yeah. No, because, because he, Thomas is not saying that Joe Mixon is going to be a bust there. He's just saying that he personally, it's almost like I would tell other people it's fine to take Joe Mixon there, but I'm not, he's just not for me. That's what Thomas is saying. And I think that's, no, I mean, I don't think you should laugh at that because I think a lot of people approach drafts that way. You look I'm at not, a guy and I'm you not get, laughing at you like you're, I'm just saying like, I. that's fine. That you don't, those are certain guys that you don't want to draft that have nothing yeah. to do with how many fantasy points you're going to score. Yeah. Is that what right. you're saying? I don't, uh, it, it's a don't want to draft list, but it's not a bust list. There's a big difference. A bust is a, is a much harsher right. label. What I'm saying is, I don't have a list of players that I don't want to draft for reasons independent of how many fantasy points I think they're going to score. The guys I don't want to draft are because I don't think it's entirely value dependent. It's because I, I don't think they're going to score enough points to justify their cost. Yeah, those are the guys I don't want to draft. These are also that, right, Thomas? I mean, it is also about fantasy points. Uh, you know, it's not based on a projection or anything. But, Tom, who are you someone you're taking over Joe Mixon at that spot? Um, let me let me see some. 
Like, are you taking um, Rashad White over him? <laughs> no. I mean, no, are... no, no. I wouldn't do that. No. Okay. No. Uh, that, actually, Rashad White is somebody I would avoid, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be a bust. I don't really know how to explain it. All, honestly, it's a boring player. It's, it's like Azer, in your mind, I think a you boring did a great player. Job. Yeah. I thought Azer, you did a great job of, of explaining it, and I think Heath is right. It is kind of like a vibes thing. Yeah, that's fine. So I, I, I can dig the vibes, right? Like you want to, and people want to be excited about the guys on their team. They want to be, oh, I'm so pumped! I draft this guy. I drafted this guy. Of course, you don't want to take boring players, right? Right. And I, I, I'm not disagreeing that that exists or that you guys that like I'm not putting you down for saying that you do it that way. I'm saying when, when I do a draft and my rankings are there in the draft room, I just two or three guys or four guys at the top of the rankings and well that guy's not going to be there next time i'm going to take him it's not like uh, yeah, I, I don't fine. all right that's cool that's what? cool so i don't even know if we should go through the avoid list but give me three players that you are currently avoiding either of you can start i'll go i'll call on dave thank you mr razor uh, Najee Harris, I'm avoiding uh, his ADP is the first pick of round three. I think it's too soon. I believe in Jalen Warren being the more explosive running back in Pittsburgh, but more importantly, I'm buying into Kenny Pickett. Apparently the training camp practices were amazing. The preseason work's been amazing. This is a Steelers team that might throw the ball a little bit more than we're all giving him credit for. I think that hurts Najee Harris a lot. So somebody I'm definitely avoiding with an early round three pick. Now, here, maybe let me pause on this for a second. Would I avoid him if he's staring me in the face in late round three? Yes, like, I, would. Is, is, I would. Is that kind of what you're, yes. you're asking? That's what I'm asking, that you sit there and he's in yeah. this range of running backs. Because I, I think at this point, Najee's going to fall so far. Some, some people might be able to take him in late round four, and I still wouldn't even do that, knowing the other running backs on the board. But... You probably would. You've always been higher on Najee, but like if Dobbins, yeah, not not lately. <laughs> all right, right. Not so lately. so Dobbins is on the board, and um and uh, Madison is on the board, and Pierce is on the board. You know, you might have Najee ranked there, but you might you might. Oh say, no, like, I'm taking Pierce. Yeah. What about the other guys who take Dobbins? I'm I might if it's PPR, I might take Najee. All right, all right. Give but me that's two. how I have it ranked. I, maybe Heath is at a difference of like people who do rankings every day and update them every day versus people who don't do rankings. And yes. so when they sit down in their draft room, they're looking at a list provided by somebody else and they see yeah. players on that list and they go, oh, I think I'm going to avoid that guy. Could it be something I, like that? It, I, I do think like I, when I do, when I did the Scott fishbowl, um, now I, I did my projections to kind of understand the player values and everything, but then I just mostly just drafted off vibes and that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so I do that sometimes. So, but I do think it, it's it's a, it's a rankings thing. I, although I have found a way to answer this question. Right, I'm sorry. Let me get two more names from Dave, and then we'll go to Heath. Lamar Jackson's another one. All the quarterback ADPs are pushed up, but he's the one who I think is the most egregious as a late three pick. Uh, I I think he's more of a round four, or round five type guy. Definitely in the tier behind Burrow and Justin Fields. Same tier, but behind those guys. And I, I think people are making a mistake pushing too hard for Darren Waller. His ADP right now is early round six. I've seen him go on round five. Uh, it's great that he had a 44% target share on one drive in a preseason game. I, and, and I think he's going to be the target leader in New York, but I don't think it's going to be by a huge margin. 
Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's someone I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding that whole tier of tight ends, to be honest with you. I love it's it. Waller, Thank Kittle, you. and Goddard. Thanks. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Dave. All right, Heath, how, how are you going to answer this question? I am. I, I'm going to answer it by telling you the guys that I am ranking lower than I am projecting. Okay. okay. Um, so th- that would be the guys that I'm avoiding, even though I have them projected for more points. There we and go. it would be Cooper Cup. It would be Austin Eckler, huh. Derek Henry, um, Aaron Jones, uh, Darren Waller. Um, that must be it. And you can kind of tell what all those guys have in common. Yeah. Age. They're all, old. Yeah. They're all old. All right. So when would you, let's go through this. When would you take Cup? I've got him eighth. When would you take Eckler? Sixth. When would you take Derrick Henry? Uh, 16. Is Eckler RB2 for you? Um, No. Who is? Uh, I'm pulling it up. <laughs> okay, well, sorry. I, <laughs> right. He is RB5 in non-PPR. He would be RB4 in half PPR. He is RB2 in full PPR. Who is ahead of Eckler in half PPR? Bijan, Barkley, McCaffrey. In that order. And that's it. No. No, McCaffrey, Barkley, Bijan. Ah. I think you, you definitely should have just said it in order. <laughs> what? I should, what? You definitely should have said it in order. I'm glad, Dave. Because you. I thought for a second Bijan was RB1 for you at half. My PPR. eyes were about to fall out of my head. Well, a lot of people are. I've been getting that question. You know, can I take Bijan number one, number two? Um, all right, uh, where would you take Aaron Jones? Because I thought you actually liked Aaron Jones quite a bit. Well, if it wasn't discounting him for age, he would be an early, he'd be a two, three turn guy. Okay. End of round three. All right, but you, okay. So you still, I think, are ahead of him in your, in ADP. You're ahead of him. Right. Jones's I ADP. don't, I've, I've not, I've not drafted him very often, but if I'm at the end of round three, I'll draft him. Okay. Um, all right, uh, coming up today, we're also going to talk about Superflex and IDP. So if you are in one of those formats, we did both of those yesterday. Uh, we did mock, a mock Superflex and a real IDP draft yesterday. We'll give you some words of wisdom there. Draftathon is a week from now. You know about that. Go to tinyurl.com slash FFTDonate. We raised 150 bucks on our live stream last night for St. Jude. That was terrific. Uh, but we want to raise a whole lot more. There's still a spot in the Leftovers League available. It used to be called the For the People League. This is a really fun podcast league. Heath and I share a team, and you can compete against us. And right now, ooh, 1215 bucks right now is the high bid. And we've got one day left to go ahead and make that bid. A little bit over 24 hours left. So uh, Thursday at 7 p.m., I believe the bidding ends. We have 40 bids on it. Okay, join the podcast league. Private call with Dave Richard is going for 510 bucks. You're a popular guy, Dave Richard. Nice. Uh, Thank get- you for that donation, guys. How much did you pay them to make you that tall in, in the picture there? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Adam. I'm a tall guy. I'm not No, I'm talking you. about Adam. In what picture? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm it's not looking. on I'm the not screen looking. right oh, now. Sorry. Um, uh, I'm standing. I'm standing on a phone book. <laughs> that was. You're standing call. on a desk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great picture of us, isn't it? We're all. It's relatively not bad, the same but if it height. were if it were to size, your shoulders would barely be in the picture. 
And it goes in order of athleticism from Jamie, Dave, Heath, Adam. I love it. Um, anyway, uh, there's also a guest appearance on the Draftathon that you can bid on. So please go to tinyurl.com slash FFT donate. You can be on the Draftathon. What else do I need to tell you about? The Podcast League. I've gotten a bunch of submissions. Give me something creative if you can. Send an email to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That's the letter I. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Put Podcast League in the subject line. The draft is Monday night, next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you cannot make that time, do not submit to be in the league. And we've got a few shows that are airing on CBS Sports Network next week. Monday, Tuesday, and Friday next week will be on CBS Sports Network, which is freaking awesome. Very excited for that. 10 to 11 on Monday and Tuesday. 10.30 to... Oh, no, no, I'm wrong. 11 to noon on Monday and Tuesday, right? 11 to noon? Yeah, I think so. 10.30 to 11.30 on Friday. 11 to noon on Monday and Tuesday. 10.30 to 11.30 on Friday. We'll be on CBS Sports Network talking fantasy. Is, is this a big deal, Adam? Yeah, to me it is. I would say so. So <laughs> we, we usually don't ask our audience to, like help us out you know sometimes with like podcast award voting we ask and obviously the the, the draft-a-thon if you guys wouldn't mind watching or just setting your dvr yeah man kind of cool yeah it'd be great it's It'd gonna be, be a nice way to to different. help us out so if we've helped you help us and help us help you and uh all right we got a poll up here poll is is there a oh, difference between a an avoid list and a bust list and, and I will we've tell been you, canceled from cable TV. I will tell you the results when we come back. There's a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back. We got news and notes, a lot of them. An update on Jackson Smith and Jigba and the Seahawks passing game. Baker Mayfield being named the starting first starting quarterback. First, though, is there a difference between a bus list and an avoid list? And this is where I feel like I'm really connected to the people. <laughs> because 71% said yes, 23% oh. said no, and 7% said I'm confused. Uh, all right, let's get to the. How many said C results? That wasn't an option. This was a Schaefer poll. Uh, I'm okay. confused. Was good enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Aaron Rodgers. Before we get to the JSN thing, Dave, you, you quote tweeted something about uh, Aaron Rodgers raving about Brees Hall and how good he looks, and you said something like, "If Brees Hall is there at pick 45 or something, take him." I don't remember yep. what it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm all in on Brees Hall. Okay. I. I'm excited that he's practicing with the team. This is the second person on the Jets to talk about how fast he's running on the GPS. It sounds like he's making good progress back on the knee, and it sounds like he'll be an impact player. And if Aaron Rodgers has gotten to look at him and he goes, oh, this guy's pretty darn good. I'd like to get him involved in the offense. Then that guy's going to get involved in the offense. So I'm not taking him in round three. That's way too soon. And uh, okay, I've got him ranked. I'm ranked 40th in PPR. Would I take him at 40? I don't think I have to because I've got so many other guys that are going to go after him ahead of him in my rankings. So maybe I would avoid him at 40th, but by no means is he a bust. And if I see him in late round four or into round five, I am taking Brees Hall almost whether I need him or not. This is an interesting winning upside. An interesting discussion, I think, because like that, that 
Brees Hall at 40. And I think you're right. Like if you have a guy ranked at 40 and it's pick 40, there's a pretty good chance there's somebody you have ranked at 36 or 37 that's still there. But you are on the clock at pick 40 and you think, you know, he's not going to go pick 44 or 45 or whatever, but you're not going to pick again until pick 56. There's a pretty good chance that Brees Hall's gone. Are you saying that you'd take somebody that you had ranked behind Brees Hall? No. Even if you might not get, if, if Brees Hall is the top ranked player at 40, you'd take him at 40. Sure. And the, the context is there are a number of running backs I would take ahead of him. There's Aaron Jones, ETN, Pierce, Gibbs, Ramondre. And for now, I have Najee one notch ahead of Brees Hall. Uh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can flip Najee below Brees Hall. That's the one that I just look at. And I go, uh, maybe might depend on what my team looks like by the time I'm picking at 40th overall. If I really struck it big with my first few picks, first three picks, I guess, then I might do it. I might just keep chasing that upside, that dreamy, imaginary upside. Uh, Look at the ADP in NFC drafts over the last week. And I like NFC. You can set a date range. Uh, The RB, I mean... RBs go super low. That's one of the the big differences between NFC and the other websites I see is that wide receivers go earlier in this and running backs go lower, uh, go later. Sorry, but Brees Hall is RB sixteen. He's going fifty third overall. Right. Etn, Mixon, and Aaron Jones are 13, 14, and fifteen. Then it's Brees Hall. Then it's Javante Williams at RB seventeen. Oh, yeah, and then Ken Walker so- eighteen. Dobbins, Cook, Madison, Pierce. So I got Javante Williams, I think, in round seven or eight in our our IDP draft. Um, and I was obviously thrilled. I have Javante Williams ahead of Brees Hall. What's the what's the argument for like Javante's back sooner? We've been discounting him because he's gonna be in this shared role with Samaj P. Ryan, but Samaj right. P. Ryan is not near as big yep. a threat as Dalvin Cook. So if 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 Javante's recover more recovered and has less competition. I, I, I like why, why would the oof that Javante is so close to Brees Hall in ADP? Because I don't think he's as good of a player. I'm just surprised I, by it, Heath. I, I'm, it hasn't even been close. And now being back to back in just one website's ADP over the last. Right. And uh, I did notice, week. like in CBS PPR leagues, Brees has fallen 13 spots. He's down to RB20 at pick 53. Yeah. Him in the 40s would would set would be crazy to me, but I don't know, man. Like in round four, well, because I'm used to seeing all those really exciting wide receivers go in round four, you know, Hopkins and Judy and DJ Moore, and it's a really good wide receiver round, um, typically for us. But all right, anyway, uh, let's go to our next news item. It is Terry McLaurin could play week one now. JSN Jackson Smith and Jigba had surgery uh, or will have surgery for a broken wrist. His timetable is unclear. They have not ruled him out for week one. I don't think a lot of people think he'll be back for week one, but it's possible. They open with the Rams, then they're at the Lions, Carolina at the Giants. Uh, Monday Night Football, I plan on going to that game. See you all there. JSN, all right, Dave Dave wants to do his projections for Seattle wide receivers. Uh, but first of all, guys, how long should fantasy managers think if we're drafting today and we take JSN, what should we expect? And I know it's hard to, to know, but we have to at least give people a guideline. What should they think for the timetable here? I don't think that the that my timetable for when I think he could be the number one wide receiver for Seattle's changed, which is the second half of the season. 
but um, I I wasn't planning on starting him week one, right? And so you you definitely shouldn't plan on that. I I think maybe you're thinking now that maybe by week three or week four I'll feel comfortable starting him. Okay. Uh, all right, Dave. What do you what do you got for projections here? Well, we're, I I wanted to compare my projections to Heath's projections just to see how close or far away we were on all three of the Seahawks. Are we doing JSN first or last? Let's go Metcalf, Lockett, JSN. Okay, so Metcalf I've got at 135 targets, 85 catches, 1,079 yards, and eight touchdowns. That is 14.2 PPR points per game. How many catches? 85. Okay, so I'm just, I think the only difference is I basically have him with 10 fewer targets. Okay. Because I've got 126 targets, um, 79 for 990 and seven and a half. So the ratios are almost identical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just that I have 10 fewer targets for DK than you do. Okay, so neither of us haven't projected for 15 PPR points per game. Adam, if you don't mind, can you look at the ADPs for these guys, including DK in full PPR? Yeah, I will use... That way we can compare where they're going with what the production might be. Yeah, I'll use Fantasy Pros full PPR. Okay, and I I do expect DK to be less affected by JSN being in Seattle than Lockett. Metcalf is wide receiver 15. He is a third-round pick. Let's go to Lockett's projections. Okay, so a little rich for a guy who might not get 15 PPR points per game. In fact, he hasn't even gotten 14 PPR points per game each of the last two seasons. Lockett. 122 targets, 78 catches, 982 yards, six touchdowns, 16 games, 13.3 PPR points per game. So I think you're a little low on the efficiency for Lockett, Mm -hmm. um, which is easy to be because he is one of the most efficient wide receivers of all time, and he's 30 years old. So if you want to ding him for that, I think that's okay. I've got about 115 targets, 81 catches, 1,002 yards, 6.6 touchdowns. Okay. I think he's going to run a little further downfield this year because of JSN being there. I think GS, JSN is their solution to cover two and, and you know, shorten mid-range throws. And I don't know if Lockett's going to pick up as many. So that's why I've made him less efficient. And uh, it's interesting. I have more targets for him than you do. ADP on Lockett, Adam? Wide receiver 28, 74th overall. Uh, I think that's really good value for a guy that we're projecting to have north of 13 PPR points per game. Well, yesterday, I, I think I saw the news, and um, I, I thought JSN would, would probably be back for week one. I feel like the timeline got a little bit more pessimistic as the day went on when we heard from Pete Carroll. But uh, I took Pickens over Lockett, and I... Later, I hate myself for it. I should not have. Yeah. Oh, that. you might not once the season gets going. I don't know. I think it was a mistake, and I I think this is, you know, not to derail this projections thing, but should okay. we be boosting Metcalf and Lockett? You guys have been calling Metcalf a, a bust for a while because he's going in the middle of the third round. He's going before a big group of wide receivers that you like better than him, and you know, in our drafts, when we you know just our internal drafts, whatever. He's usually kind of a late fourth round, mid to late fourth round pick. Do you still feel that way? Should we be boosting Metcalf and Lockett with this JSN news? I, 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 has DK been worth a round three pick without JSN? Look, 
one, just, one time just in his career. Answer the question right. that I, I don't want to get into that again. But, but JSN's going to miss boosting? at most two games. But okay, but he's also a rookie. No. He's also a rookie yeah. who's never played before that now has a preseason injury. So should you boost Lockett and, and or Metcalf? No. I would nope. say no. Okay. Okay. In fact, I did not, nor did I move down JSN. So now let's get to JSN's projections. I do have him projected for 16 games. Uh, 106 targets, 71 catches, 823 yards, seven touchdowns, 12.2 PPR points per game. You're you're higher on, on him as well. That's an insane touchdown rate. Um, mm-hmm. I know. 78, 34, and five and a half on 104 targets. So almost the same for all three of these guys. Yeah. ADP on JSN, double A. Wide receiver 36, 95th overall. Just ahead of Jordan Addison. Almost so, right where I have him, but I have Addison higher. Yeah, me too. Uh, th- based on two nerds' projections and the ADP that Adam's telling us, Lockett seems like the best value. Rinse, wash, repeat when it comes to the Seattle wide receivers. Okay. So that uh, covers the Seattle wide receivers. <laughs> Nobody else can. Baker Mayfield named the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay. He played 12 games last year. He scored single-digit fantasy points in half of his games. And that's in six-point per passing touchdown leagues. But look at the start. Look at the schedule for Mayfield at Minnesota and, and then Chicago. His first two games. I know Minnesota made a lot of upgrades on defense, and, and Chicago did too. I'm not sure about their secondary, but um, that those would be two beautiful matchups. But does anybody care starting the no. season for Baker Mayfield? Okay, maybe okay. it maybe it keeps Kyle Trask on the bench until week four. Right, Trask Miles is going to play at some point. Sanders said he'll absolutely be ready for week one at Atlanta, then New Orleans in his first two games. Peter King of NBC Sports said we should be really, really careful drafting Bijan Robinson because there are too many mouths to feed. Peter King also said that uh, he he stinks at fantasy football and we should take it with a shaker of salt and not a grain of salt. I just, I don't know how he can say that after Arthur Smith took this guy as a top 10 pick. Like, obviously, a top 10 rookie pick in Arthur Smith offense is going to be just fantasy gold. I can't tell if you're doing a bit. Obviously. I can't tell. I feel like that was dripped in sarcasm, drenched in it sarcasm. Was. Okay. Because he's taken a top 10 skill position player oh, each of the last two seasons gotcha. and they've and not been fantasy missed. Goals. Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty good argument against Bijan. Uh, the argument for is that he's an unbelievably talented running back who's looked great on the field, both in preseason games and practice, and this team was like the best in football at running it last year with Mariota under center and Tyler Algier getting a 1,000 yards. Bijan Robinson really looked so fast when he oh my god was really same thing in practice against the Dolphins. Although crazy. you couldn't really tell, you could see the cuts against the Dolphins. They did a lot of red zone the day I was there, so you couldn't really get an idea for long speed. But if you've watched him play football, you've seen it, and the way that they were lining him up, he was in jet motion multiple times with Algier in the backfield. He lined up wide. He lined up in the slot. He's yeah. going to be, and and he was unguardable in like goal to go seven on seven drills. He scored a touchdown every time, and he All would right, have had a touchdown. Notes. I don't know no. if you watched the game; you can't see it on the film. Oh, he's wide uh, open. He was wide open. Yeah. The play after London had the catch, yeah. But the Bengals challenged it. 
So it was a combination of poor coverage, obviously, by Cincinnati, but he was wide open for a, another touchdown. Well, was, he's uh, going to get he's going to get like six touchdowns receiving. I mean, I cannot believe Ritter didn't throw that football. That was really pathetic. But anyway, anyway, don't don't comment. Jets left tackle Dwayne Brown will come off the pup list today. Their offensive line is healthy now. The Athletics Paul Denner thinks that Chris Evans could be the Daner, sorry, could be the uh, Bengals passing downs back. Chris Evans, he's gonna be. That's what he did in co- best in college. He ran the ball a lot in college too, but like that's what he's best at. So, do you handcuff Joe Mixon? I shouldn't have said it that way. Does do you draft a handcuff for Joe Mixon? Deeper leagues, you could. I, I wouldn't in a standard or PPR 14-team, 12-manager league. I'm, yeah, I'm not really into handcuffs, but I don't mind drafting a, a, a Bengals backup running back. But He's who? into whips. Chris Evans? <laughs> he would. I think I need to move him ahead of Chase Brown, yeah. Dave, I think you have to, unfortunately. Dave with a zigger there. I like that. Uh, by the way, Joe Mixon only played 47 snaps on third down last year. Samaj P. Ryan played 136. Here's a hidden, you know, bust factor for Joe Mixon. And I, I said this about Josh Jacobs, Mixon, uh, Ramondre, I'd say, but he might play more on third down. Um, it, what if they just don't throw to the running backs on first and second down as much? The Bengals had the third most targets to running backs on first and second down last year. The year before, they were 30th in running back targets on first and second down. So, I, well, you know, but you know what happened? They threw like, I don't think teams are just going to decide they're okay with Jamar Chase running down the sideline um, in single coverage like that happened two years ago. No, um, but they, I, I they, see... they got the Patrick Mahomes shell coverage treatment. Yeah. And so they started throwing underneath a bunch. Mm-hmm. I understand. And they will continue to do that. But this was sort of an extreme version of that. You know, I could see the dot going up or the air yards per pass attempt going up for Burrow. It was pretty damn low last year. Uh, and just a lot of dump offs. Maybe that could change. I'm just saying Mixon is not a third down back. He caught a lot of passes. He's not a third down back. People just need to be aware of that. Um, and Mike Siki and Ty Montgomery both returned to practice for the Patriots. Who's the oh, third great. down back for the Patriots, you think? You know, it it could be Ezekiel Elliott if it's a passing down. If it's like third and seven, and they got to have an extra protector for Mac Jones. Okay. To the avoid I, list. I think it really depends on if Bill O'Brien's going to draw up as many screenplays they did last year. If they're going to use their running back more in protection, I agree it will be Zeke. All right, to the avoid list here. Dave's avoid list. This is based on Fantasy Pros, half PPR ADP. Najee Harris, we already talked about. Lamar Jackson, we talked about. Darren Waller. We talked about, but you're really avoiding Darren Waller 62nd overall. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Guy who's missed at least six games each of the past two years. I don't see him being back to his dominant ways in New York. I still believe this offense is going to spread the ball around. I, I think what happened when they got in the red zone, you were there, Adam. Two plays in the red zone. What happened to Darren Waller? They threw a touchdown to a different tight end. but And you know why? Because Darren Waller was running interference for him because he drew a double team. All right, but I mean... He's going to get covered down there. It's it's going to be difficult for him. Good players always get covered down there, don't they? I mean, is that... Well, Darren Waller has one season where he scored more than three touchdowns. But even if he scores, let's say, how many touchdowns do you think he scores? I think he'll score more than three. How many touchdowns? I think I have him at five. I, I don't think I've projected him. I, oh, you know what? I might have. All right. Let's say Darren Waller scores five touchdowns. Is he going to be a bust at 62nd overall? 
It I depends. Would. You got to compare it to Kittle and Goddard. We've already talked about how Goddard has never had more than five touchdowns in a season. You know what? It's a, you know what it's going to come down to? It's going to come down to whether or not I'm right about the targets and whether or not Darren Waller's on the field. Because everybody's going to say, oh, he was a bust. He only played half the season yeah. if he gets hurt again. But no and reason to believe that he's his that his talent has dropped off. Although he did drop that pass that he got when he got he hit. Smashed. Yeah. Um, I do think it's like there are certain players who we're discounting because of age and or injury history. And I usually say if you get hurt, are you really a bust? But if one of the reasons that we're scared to draft them is because of their injury history, then it maybe we, it should be factored in. But I, I think the other question is just how much like do the giant we there's a lot of projecting going on in this Darren Waller bounce back season um, about the Giants turning into a more pass heavy team about Daniel Jones supporting a number one weapon about the passing game being good. Um, so yeah, like if he scores five touchdowns and he has 800 yards receiving, then I do think he's going to be a bust at the five, six turn. I've got a projection for him. All right, let's finish up on Waller here. Go ahead. I only am playing 13 games. I don't know if Heath does this. I don't know if you deduct games in your projection. No. Players. Okay. Well, I did. Well, some I do. Okay. Uh, I have him getting six and a half targets per game. In 13 games, it's 84 targets. Catch rate of 62%, so that's 52 grabs. Uh, 12.1 yards per catch is 629 and six touchdowns in 13 games. So let's just say I'm right, and he does exactly that in 13 games. It's still good. It's 11.6 PPR points per game, which is why I have him as my, I think, tight end five or six. All right. You said you're is basically it, avoiding that that whole range of tight ends. I, well, it's the Waller, Kittle, Goddard range. Right. Is that a is eleven points per game at the five six turn good enough from a tight end for you, Adam? Yeah, I think so. But compare it to other positions. I I don't know off the top of my head. It seems like that's maybe a little low. Like twelve, I think would be. But I don't know. Yeah, that, that's where you take a tight end like that if you really want to say, I, I want a guy who I don't have to stream. You, you basically say you don't want to stream tight ends, but you don't want to spend you know, a top 30 pick on a tight end. So that was that was Goddard last year, basically. He was 11.9. Hawkinson was 12.6. That's a little low. It's a little low. I'd say like a little bit more than that. Because you could probably and- get you know 10 points five rounds later. Right. So if you just heard my projection and you think that I'm full of BS, you need to be one of the people going after Waller in round five. All right. Um, other Wait, players... he never, never gave his projection. It's, it, I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I've got him at 10.9 okay. fancy points per game. Okay. So basically the same thing. All right. Dave's avoiding Ken Walker at uh, 40th overall. Too soon. As much as we can sit here and make the case for him, it's to me, it's almost 20 picks too soon. Yeah, he's my I, most drafted player, but I would I would never take him there. Yeah. Heath? Yeah, I think, like, I, we've talked about Ken Walker a lot as a, as a bust and as a, an avoid. Um, it's, I think he really needs an injury to Zach Charbonnet to have big upside. And I think he's a risk. So I think it's a it's a low floor and a lower ceiling thing for me. I can't get an answer out of Seattle on whether or not he'll be their goal line guy. 
I figured by now it might be obvious if he were. Like someone would tell me, you know, someone who's been watching their practices would tell me, oh yeah, he, he's their guy, not Charbonnet. Well, how many times has he practiced? That's the, I guess that's a fair point. Yeah, he hasn't practiced much, right? Yeah. So, um, but but I, 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 I think like that, but he is a, one of those guys that's really interesting to think about like what is upside because he oh, makes up, really right. big plays. And so it seems like, yeah, he's got upside. But if you're not the passing downs back and like, and you're not a, a workhorse running back, then do you really have upside? No, but if if he's if he's if he's getting the majority of the carries, I don't think anybody's going to fault you if you say twelve hundred yards if he stays healthy, and if he's getting short yardage goal line. Uh, look, I think this team's going to be pretty good all the way around. I, nine, ten touchdowns. If I'm getting really aggressive, yeah. All right. Well, we Moving will on. be depantsed if he does that. That that's is a not a of, good. That's look. a lot of touchdowns. That'd be a very good. Right, that value. but that's the upside play for him, and he doesn't need a lot of catches to come through on that. That's Ken Walker, uh, Javante Williams, sixty sixth overall. DeAndre Swift, De- Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook between sixty fifth and sixty eighth overall. Javante Swift and Cook. Javante is the one that I'm probably closest to of that group, but I still think it's just a little too, a little too early, um, especially in full PPR. Nervous about him getting. You know, certainly the types of catches like we saw in the preseason game. One of one of his targets was actually a great play by him. He was just running a go route, and he realized that Russ was in trouble. Came back toward Russ, made a great catch along the sideline. Another one was a flip throw from Russ, like Russ was under pressure because his offensive line stinks, and so he just flipped it to Javante, who was like right place, right time, gain of four yards. I I, I don't know how many plays there will be like that for him. Over the course of the season, I think P. Ryan's there to play in passing downs. I think P. Ryan will lead the running backs in catches. And I, I just I feel like Javante is going to need a lot of touchdowns to really be good. He strikes me as the type of running back that's going to get you between nine and 12 points per week, regardless. Well, nine through 12 in, in PPR, eight to 11 in non PPR. Like it'll be solid. One catch per game. One or two catches per game. Okay. Um, what if what if Javante's playing the Camara role and P. Ryan's the Mark Ingram? I'd be surprised. I don't know if either guy profiles as Alvin Camara. Yeah, I don't know if either guy profiles at Mark Ingram. Like when he's when healthy, Javante Williams is a is a is a faster back. He's better in space than P. Ryan. And P. Ryan's got 20 or 30 pounds on Javante. Mm-hmm. I keep, I, I just, I wonder if maybe we got those roles wrong. But I, I like Javante in that range. I agree completely with Dave on the other two guys. All right. Heath's avoid list. Do you want to go through every name or do you want to just kind of give a sort of a, a broader look at this? I Well, I think I've talked about. All, all of these guys. I didn't do a very good job. Let me see. Is there is there anybody on my list that we didn't talk about? No. I well, see me, Nick um, Chubb on an avoid list, and I, I think that that's got to be discussed. Well, it's a full PPR league, and he's going in basically the first round. Um, I think you've got to be a top five running back, maybe a top three or four running back to be worth a first round pick in PPR. And Nick Chubb's done that once in his career. And now he's turning 28 years old. I think you have to project a career year for Nick Chubb for him to be worth his ADP. And I don't want to do that 
with a running back of his age on an offense with as many questions as the Browns have. Chubb's ADP is 13th overall. I notice you have Mahomes at 9, you're avoiding. Um, Burrow at 33, Herbert at 38. So that's three of the top six or seven quarterbacks here. So what does that mean for your quarterback strategy if you're avoiding Mahomes? This is CBS ADP, by the way. Mahomes in the first round, Burrow and Herbert in the third round, Herbert maybe in the early fourth round. If you're avoiding them, and what does that mean for for you, especially if you have a late pick in the first round, because all these guys basically line up toward the the end of the first, end of the third, beginning of the second. Of right. Fourth. Well, that, that it just illustrates that, like, honest, obviously, Jalen Hurts at pick fourteen or fifteen or whatever. I'm not picking him either. Mahomes, Burrow, and Herbert were the furthest from where I have them ranked. Um, Fields is actually going about where I have him ranked. So based on CBS rankings, it would my strategy would probably be draft Justin Fields. And if I miss him, draft Tua or Anthony Richardson. Those are the three quarterbacks in the top 10 rounds who are being drafted a place where I feel pretty good about them. But I drafted Mahomes yesterday or two days ago at 19 overall. Um, huh. So not entirely avoiding him, but not, as much as I love him, I'm not taking him in round one. Right. And I'm not taking Burrow. If I'm taking a quarterback in round, I'm not taking a quarterback in round three. But if I'm taking a quarterback in round four, it's going to be one of the rushers, Fields or Jackson. And I think Burrow is interesting because this our ADP has Burrow going 33rd overall. Looking at NFC ADP over the last week, Burrow is QB four and he's going 38th overall. So that's that's pretty rich, but uh, you know, I I think it's pretty realistic because I've just I'm seeing it in some drafts of Burrow falling because he's got that little injury designation on him, mm-hmm. and you know one I didn't love the draft that I did yesterday in the IDP league, but one of the things that I I felt good about was I passed on Josh Allen at the first overall pick. I passed on Josh Allen at the two three turn, and I got Burrow later. Was it the five six turn? I mean, probably was. Um, Hopefully it was seven eight turn, but uh, anyway, yeah, I don't think that's real. Probably not, right? So um, when did I? T- I took Burrow, yeah, at the sorry at the four five turn. I had the turns wrong, but um, yeah, I was fine with that. Would you guys take Burrow in the in the four five range? Six. Yeah, five, I mean, you're hoping to get him at a value. But if, if you don't think he's going to last much longer and, and you feel like that's still not a bad place to take him, then take him. I would, yeah, in a, in a full PPR, I wouldn't take any of these guys at the 3 4 turn. Um, non PPR, Jackson and Fields get pretty close to that for me. But I do think like passing on, I don't know. I think there's a pretty big difference between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. So if it's Josh Allen at the two three or Burrow at the four five, I would I would rather take Allen. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you in a in a four point per passing touchdown league, um, six point per passing touchdown league. You feel the same way though? Yeah, because we, I mean we did see J- Joe Burrow do it for eight games last year, or nine games, but we twenty nine fantasy points per game. But we've seen Josh Allen do that for three seasons, and I, I think that projection-wise, you're looking at probably a four- to five-point difference between those two guys. I don't know that you get a four- to five-point difference in a in a two-round swing at other positions like that. Fair. All right, so uh, let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk about the Superflex draft. We'll talk about the IDP draft. We'll give you some tips there. We'll be right back. Don't forget to send us emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And we've got a mailbag. We record it every Friday. It publishes, audio-wise, publishes on Saturday. 
And if you're watching on YouTube, you can watch the mailbag before Saturday. But if you're watching, please hit the donate button and hit the like button. We'd really appreciate it. All right. Uh, super flex thoughts. Let me give you the last three uh, championship round teams, like the last six teams to be in the championship round of our 12-team Superflex League and what they did at quarterback. And so I always say there's just different ways to get the job done in Superflex. Last year, it was Marone and Dave. Marone took quarterbacks at 2.2 and 3.11. Justin Fields at 3.11. Dave took quarterbacks at 1.3. That was Mahomes and Cousins in three, at 3.3. So you both had your quarterbacks in the first three rounds. Your top two, two of the first three picks were QBs. 2021, uh... R.J. White took Kyler Murray in round one and Jalen Hurts in round three and did not draft a third quarterback. But Dave also, I don't know if you won. I I don't think you won. I think you lost in the finals two years in a row, actually. That's pretty good. Good job. Thanks. Actually, Thanks no, for bringing that up. You didn't lose in the final. Are we going to talk year. about the history of the IDP League next? Yes. Uh, maybe. <laughs> the controversial history. Dave, uh, Dave basically tied in the final, and then we still had the, you know, obviously we had the Bills-Bengals um, game last year. Uh, but two years ago, you drafted Dak Prescott 1.10, and then you drafted Trey Lance in the sixth round and Drew Locke in the ninth round, and you made the championship. So that's pretty cool. Obviously, you struggled at uh, at those two quarterbacks. I might have been able to win the championship if I hadn't have drafted those guys. Well, you did a good job. 2020, Thanks. Ben Gretsch won, and he had quarterbacks at uh, 111 and 2.2. And in Kyler and Russell Wilson, but Marone Berkson, who won last year, lost in the finals, and he didn't take a quarterback until round three. Drew Brees in round three, Ryan Tannehill in round seven, Drew Locke in round eight. So Drew Locke seems to be the key to victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just grab Drew Locke. And <laughs> what the out. hell? Um, all right, so anyway, uh, different ways to get it done, but what are your overall super flex thoughts, Heath? I would like to get one of the elite guys early. Um, I, I'm probably going to take one in the first two or three rounds. I think where people make a mistake is chasing the QBs in round three, four, five. Um, I think last night in our super flex mock, I don't remember how far he fell, but like there was, it was a Russell Wilson. I almost took Russell Wilson two or three rounds in a row. And then I finally took Russell Wilson as my second quarterback in round five or six. Um, but you do get to that point to where the guys who were going to take quarterback early already have two, and you right. go through a little bit of a dry stretch where there's just not a quarterback taken, or maybe there's one. Maybe Jordan Love was taken before Russell Wilson or something like that. Um, so I do think there's that gap where you need to wait. Well, wh which quarterbacks are you comfortable with as your number two quarterback? I imagine if it were Baker Mayfield, he wouldn't be very happy about it. But if it were Jordan Love or Kenny Pickett, would you be okay with that? I'd be fine with it. Sam Howell's fine. Okay. How about you, Dave? I mean, I prefer to take two with my first three picks in a super flex or a two QB league. I did not do that in our in our mock yesterday. And I, I took one quarterback early. I think it was Herbert. And then I, I who are my two quarterbacks after? I waited a while. Ritter is my three. I don't even remember who my two is, but it's ugly. Yeah, you have a loaded team except for quarterback, basically. Right. Maybe tight end too. Um, I can tell you in just a moment, but you had Bryce an Young team. Yeah, Bryce Young. And you know what? Like when I got Bryce Young, I was breakdancing because I was excited that I didn't have to settle for Mac Jones or Desmond Ritter as my QB two. At least I got a quarterback and Bryce Young 
who has some upside. I know we didn't really see it in the preseason, but he's got something there. We know that. We saw him play in college. But that's usually not the strategy I employ. I just got faced with amazing values at other positions all the way through the draft. Yeah, Justin Herbert was your pick at 110, then Eckler, then in the third round, Olave, then Derrick Henry, then DeAndre Hopkins, Drake London, James Cook. At that point, you know, there really weren't a lot of great quarterbacks left, so you just kept waiting. Uh, I was the first one to take three quarterbacks last night, and actually we did this St. Jude donation thing where I was allowing people to pay $25 to make my picks. So they made most of my first five, four picks, and then like one more, at, one or two more after that. I had McCaffrey, Barkley, and Garrett Wilson. I didn't love the start. And then I had Aaron Rodgers in round four. Then Jordan Love, which is fun. Rodgers and Love. I took Kyler Murray, though, as the third, as my third quarterback. Back-to-back-to-back picks. I went Rodgers, Jordan Love, Kyler Murray. Murray's an interesting player. If you're not strong at quarterback and you want to take a swing for the fences, you know, as your third quarterback, thought that was kind of... I was actually happy with that. I have no idea how it would turn out. We're not playing it out, but it was interesting. He is my most drafted quarterback so far in redraft leagues this year because he's just... Like I, 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 he goes undrafted in in a lot of one quarterback leagues, and I do think that he's the type of guy who, if it if he gets to week seven or week eight, and he's Kyler Murray, well, that's an, an enormous value. So, how about this? Was an interesting draft last night. We usually do six point per passing touchdown league super flex. This was four point, and I do think that contributed to a little bit of a slide, especially in the second round. We had only two quarterbacks taken in the second round: Deshaun Watson and Tua Tagovailoa. Then we had five in the third round. But Dave, what changes for you in four point versus six point? You know the deal. You're, those rushing touchdowns count a little bit more. The passing touchdowns count a little bit less. So the quarterbacks don't quite give you the same amount of production. It it makes you want to pivot toward the running quarterbacks a little bit more. So in like for example, in this format, uh, I don't have I don't have rankings for four point. We all should. I don't think Mahomes would be my number one, and I don't think he'd be my number two either. Well, I'm less interested in that, I guess, and how in four-point league it changes drafting other positions versus quarterback. I mean, do you care less about your super flex right. in so a four-point? Generally, no. It's more about the order of the quarterbacks okay. that go. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say I do like that. I've got Mahomes projected for a hundred and. 15 more points in six point per pass touchdown leagues than QB 12 and also QB 11 and QB 13 because they're all the same. The difference is like 95 points in four point and Josh Allen's actually QB one. So I do think that they, that it's kind of like wide receivers and non PPR that they, they get scrunched closer together. Do you think in a super flex league, that it is easier to pass up on a quarterback in the second round. Let's say you took a quarterback in the first round. That it's easier to pass up on a quarterback in the second round if you have an early pick. Because I feel like maybe by the middle of the third round, the top 15 quarterbacks are probably off the board. And then you're looking at Russell Wilson and Pickett and Love. You said you're fine with that, Heath. But if you, if you did feel like, okay, I want my, my second quarterback, I want to be someone in the... Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, maybe Aaron Rodgers range. Okay, then you should probably just go ahead and take quarterback. I'm sorry, that you want it to be no worse than those guys. Then you should probably just take QB, QB to start. 
because they're all going to be gone by the third round? I think it depends on how many quarterbacks you have in that range. I don't have a big difference between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff. Okay. Um, so I'm fine. I, I, I got Russell Wilson in round six. So I, I think a lot of times one of those guys is going to slide past round three, especially in a four-point league. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk IDP here. We'll do this quickly. Uh, we have a weird IDP draft that I don't really think makes a lot of sense to break down because I don't know people. a lot of people who play in IDP. Nine IDP, you know, you got nine IDP spots. It's kind of crazy. You have 10 bench spots. It's a super deep league. But first of all, who are the best IDPs? Well, what, maybe we should talk about what the teams that have done in the past. Do you have the record of, of who won that league in the past and, and how they did it? Heath uh, may or may not have had an undefeated season last year. You know, we don't know. We Undisp- don't, we, it's undisputed that it is undefeated. <laughs> we didn't get there to play was no out defeat. last week. You know, we there was no defeat. We just don't know, Heath. I can't. I just undefeated. Can't, I just don't feel right calling it an undefeated league. How many games did, did I lose? Well, I don't know. We we just had to, we had to, to play it out. Is the answer? Um, no, I think like, and I get this question a lot. People send me their IDP leagues where they just start one linebacker, one defensive lineman, one defensive back, and maybe that is more common. I think most of the people who really play IDP say that's not really IDP um, because there's 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 so there's a, if you only need to start one of each position, you shouldn't take them until the double digit rounds. There's enough for everybody to start a really good one at, at every position. Um, so I do think starting two or three, we start three linebackers, three safeties, two defensive linemen and, and a defensive flex. Um, that does make it more like IDP where it matters. I think the first defensive player usually goes around six, round five, round six, round seven in our league. Um, and it's usually those high tackle linebackers. It really, really is hard to tell people where they should select the defensive players and what they should prioritize because there's not as much of a standardized scoring system. Um, so it depends on like how are tackles relative to turnovers relative to sacks. Yeah. Um, but if it's if it's like our league, which I think is one point for a tackle, three points for a sack. Two points for a pick. Is that right? I don't even know for sure. Um, then those high tackle linebackers, um, Foyer, Aluakon, uh, Rokon Smith, Bobby Wagner, Okarake, Nick Bolton, CJ Mosley, those are probably going to be the first guys off the board. Do you really, do you feel like there are, you know, basically 12 of those guys? Because if you are in a league where you only start one linebacker, one defensive lineman, one defensive back, I thought maybe there was a case to be made that you should go a little earlier to make sure, you know, maybe I have to be the first. I might do that with defensive linemen. Okay. Because it's always, that that's like the tight end of IDPs. It's really hard to find good D linemen, certainly consistent D linemen. Yeah. yeah. My my first IDP in, in our draft was Miles Garrett. I took him with the fourth pick in round seven. And he's eligible where? D line. D line. Okay. Because some of those rushers, they're eligible only at linebacker, which is a very, right. very important distinction. When yes. you have a guy like Micah Parsons, if he's eligible at defensive line, that's huge. If he's eligible at linebacker, right. I don't really know. <clears throat> I can tell you, I guess, where he ranked in our scoring at linebacker. He, he's still year. a number two or number three linebacker and a good one. Just not, he's not the top. Um, and like those things are not standardized across sites. Nope. Right. So the best thing you can do is go find the defensive linemen who are, who are or the linebackers who are eligible at defensive line 
Mm-hmm. And those are the guys that, and I, and sometimes we have, I think line guys who are playing a lot of linebacker who are eligible at safety. Yeah. Um, th- those are the guys that if you can get linebackers eligible at other positions, get draft those guys. Yeah. Micah Parsons in, in the league that we're in our scoring system, he would have been the number two defensive lineman last year behind Max Crosby. Um, and he would have, he was like the 25th to 30. I didn't even count. Like, I don't even think he was a top 24 linebacker, Micah Parsons. So it's a huge, huge difference. Make sure you're aware of those edge rushers and where they are eligible. Um, okay. Any sleepers, IDP sleepers. I gave David Long of Miami at linebacker and Nicole yep. Dean of Philadelphia at linebacker as sleepers. Dean replaces a guy in uh, TJ Edwards from last year who was the fifth highest scoring linebacker in our format. I don't know if he'll replace him exactly, but we're talking about an inside linebacker basically filling those shoes. So uh, David Long and Kobe Dean were sleepers for me. Anybody have uh, IDP sleepers? One of my favorite guys that I discovered last year was Mike Hecht of the Rams. And on CBS, he's DL eligible. And you, you can check your site to see if he's... Uh, eligible at that position too, but I I, I kind of like him low key as as a good sleeper in IDP. I was uh, I was getting ready to pick him in the in the next to last round last not yesterday or two days ago, and somebody took him right in front of me. I was very disappointed. Oh, another guy. I think maybe Dave. Uh, somebody took him. Aziz Al Shire. When I took guy, him when this yep. guy played for the Niners when he, he was awesome. in for an injured player, he was like a superstar. Now he's on the Titans. Yeah, so, I might have taken him a little too early. Where did I get him? That's all right. Um, you didn't take him early. You're good. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I don't know if there is such a thing as too early in an, in an IDP league when you get to the double-digit rounds. I took him in round 12. Nah, One spot ahead of Traylon Burks. There you go. Exciting. Uh, make sure you, you keep Chris Jones' name close by. That's another D lineman, uh, assuming that he gets back to Kansas City soon. Oh, Some, what about um I, he he wouldn't be a sleeper, but just because of the holdout, maybe he is. Well, just a couple more here. Jordan Brooks is coming back from a torn ACL for mm-hmm. Seattle. He's a star basically when he's healthy. But you know, and apparently he's gonna be ready for week one. And Shaq Leonard for the Colts, who at one That's point, a good one. You know, yep. best linebacker in football, arguably, and dealt with so many injuries last year. So who do you take first? Uh, you know, Brooks or Shaq Leonard? Leonard. Leonard. Okay. Is Leonard a, is Leonard a star right now? Is he being drafted I, that way? Let's see. Where'd he go? I would say he's more like he has the star upside, but he comes with significant risk. He went in round Agreed. 11. Round 11, uh, Gary Davenport, who's the godfather of IDP, took him. So usually when Gary takes somebody, that's, that's, a, that's a good sign. Yep. He took him right after I took Bobby O'Karake, so that made me feel yeah. bad about that. Um, I got another one. Quay Walker in Green Bay was someone that I had yeah. on my queue. Somebody else got him in our draft. Couple quick results shout-outs. will be up on CBS Sports. You'll see a, a ton of names at linebacker, D-line, and DB. couple quick shout-outs here. Uh, we have uh, a big thank you to Spillage Village for donating $200 to St. Jude. Awesome stuff. And we have a question from the audience, someone who donated $10. From Eric, 12-team PPR, shallow league, two receivers, one flex. I have pick 103, and he thinks it'll be Jamar Chase there, but would you trade down to six to get 
either Bijan or Kelsey and a higher second round pick, or stay put at three and get Chase. If you can, if you can get a really good move up in exchange to go from three to six, then I would do it. So you're getting a second. When you say a higher second, if you if you're getting a second in addition to that, I love right, it. That's if an all you're item. doing is trading spots in the first and the second, then I don't love it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't hate it if if you're a fan of that group of uh, Devonte, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle. Like one of those three will almost certainly be there if you make that swap. Yeah. Waddle might still be there if you don't. Um, Maybe the answer is how do you feel about Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor? If you like them a lot in round two or three, then stay at the three spot because I don't know that they're coming back to you at six in the third round. Also, I'm not sure if you're completely swapping the whole draft board. I'm not sure. All right, I'm sorry, Eric. Um, hope we. I don't. I think I confused you. Disregard what I said and just listen. I would draft Jamar Chase. Fine, draft Jamar Chase works for me. Not, never a bad strategy. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.